I'm Rob. I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob Nate Record a Podcast. Ah. This is week two of our Christmas movies. Do you call it a theme month? Yeah, it's Christmas movies. We decided that at some point we should do a Hallmark Christmas movie on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And tonight is that night. It is. So tonight we watched the 2017 TV movie, The Christmas Train, starring Dermot Mulroney, Kimberly Williams Paisley, and Danny Glover, Joan, and Joan Cusack. Oh. Yeah. Have you watched very many Chris, Hallmark Christmas movies before? Not really. Bits and pieces more than anything. I've watched some of the other like ABC Family ones. Melinda's roped me into watching a few of them. More recently, I've watched some of the Netflix ones. Yeah. They're... They exist. They're very formulaic. Mm-hmm. They, my understanding is they're all fairly well, you know, fairly inexpensive to shoot. Mm-hmm. And we were talking off podcast. You had a, a theory about how they were the modern day exploitation films. Well, they're taking the model of the ex, of the old exploitation films and and applying them to a different genre, mm-hmm. make them fast and make them cheap, and occasionally one will be a big hit. Mm-hmm. So, people love these things. Oh yeah, they do. They make uh, they make. Dozens of them a year. Well, I think camera if it was four or six that were funded to be shot in Utah this year. Mm. Hallmark shoots a lot of these in Utah, and now Netflix is also shooting them in Utah. Yeah, others are also shooting them here. I listened to another podcast where once a month the commissioner of the Utah Film Commission comes on and talks about what are what's being filmed in Utah. So, mm. yeah, the plot of this movie, The Christmas Train. Is a cynical journalist decides to take a train from Washington, D.C. To, to Los Angeles for Christmas to get inspiration for a story in honor of his late father. He gets to know the other passengers and runs into an old flame while aboard. They really dropped that story in honor of his father. And that's barely in this. They time. mentioned it at least halfway <laughs> through. Because he brings it up again. Remember at the bar? Yeah. Yeah. In the implausibly large train car. Yeah. So this is a bunch of people on train with various overlapping stories. I kept a log of characters and stories. I'm just curious first, though, Nate, the critical question here. Mm-hmm. Did you see the clues for the twist in the, in the story? Well, there's kind of two twists in yeah. the story. There's yeah. who's stealing stuff. That was pretty easy to guess. And then there was the uh, the double twist at the end, and that was stupid. <laughs> I agree, but did you see it coming? No, okay. because I wasn't paying enough attention. I didn't care enough to try to figure out how this Hallmark Christmas movie was going to try to to weird me out at the end. Yeah, try to fake me out. We had a kind of a couple different approaches that we took to this. Do you want to go first, or you want me to? So I was gonna just kind of go over. And most of these people are no names. I don't even care about that. The yeah. character names are the name of the actors. But we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about eight different storylines okay. going on to one degree or another. So our primary storyline is with our leads, Dermot Mulroney and Kimberly Williams Paisley. They had been foreign correspondents together, war correspondents for like six years. And they were in love. And she started thinking... I'm 
he's taking all these risks. He's getting kidnapped. He's almost getting killed. I want to wipe the fence and the family. I'm going to have to leave. Says, you need to leave. and We need to leave. And she's, he's like, what the heck? I'm happy being a correspondent. And so she leaves, ends up as a script doctor working for Danny Glover, who apparently directs Christmas movies. As a character named Max Power. Max Power Production. And he eventually leaves the foreign corresponding to write articles about memory foam and his and her closets and various household stuff. These are weird career trajectories for these two. They were very close. They end up on the same train. Him to write the story for his in honor of his father. Her to work with Danny Glover on a script. And they decided to take the long Christmas train for inspiration. And it's will they, won't they? Of course they will rekindle their love story. So that is our principal story is the writers. Secondary stories include the young couple that are going to get married on the train and eventually figure out why there's some inconsistencies in their story. He's going to be disinherited for marrying this poor Kentucky small town girl and Dermot Mulroney and Kimberly Williams Paisley want to help them out. There's the John McCain, widower guy with the copy of A Christmas Carol, who's sad because his wife died. There's Max Powers' various goings-on, which also ropes into the girl that Dermot Mulroney is seeing, who surprises him halfway through on the train. He wants to break up with her. She's under the impression that they need to get married. We've got Joan Cusack as the magical... Woman Agnes. I kept saying she was going to be magical. She wasn't magical. I was a little disappointed. But she seems to be this presence that's always on the train and knows stuff. We do eventually find out why she knows stuff. We have the psychic who's barely in the thing. We have the retired conductor who wants to get working again and helps the train anticipate and get around a uh, snowstorm, an avalanche from a snowstorm in the Rockies. We've got uh, the conductor lady and the kids going to the Christmas concert. And we've got the bartender Mm -hmm. who's corny as hell. So we've got all these little fluffy little stories apart from each other. They're of no consequence, but when combined, they're also of no consequence. Except they, none of them even matter because they're all manufactured. Only half of them are manufactured. No? Because he says at the end. So it turns out that Max Power... Of Max Power Productions is making a Max Power production. He figured out they were going to be on the same train. He figured out their past somehow. And he hired actors to manipulate them together. But only some of them. The couple, the young couple, the psychic, they were hired. But old widower John McCain was real. Joan Cusack, who turns out to be, spoiler, a train marshal as opposed to an air marshal, she was real. Bartender was real. Conductor lady. The kids were real. Just really those two minor, three minor sporting characters. Were Do you want to know what the best part of this this uh, episode is so far? What that I've analyzed that, this so no, much. No, no, no. That you put the spoiler warning on the fact that Joan Cusack's character. <laughs> 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 Not on the plot twist. No, no. <laughs> on the, <laughs> well. That was a bigger surprise than the plot twist. <laughs> See, I was so invested in Joe Cusack being an angel or a ghost or something that that was what I was waiting to What's her deal? What's her deal? 
so you were also keeping track of tropes? Yeah, I wrote down some tropes. Obviously, we've got snow. The very beginning of the movie, the radio comes on and say, blah, 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 Michael Buble. Michael Buble song. Again, I thought magical character from Joan Cusack. That didn't turn out to be the case. we got various meet-cutes and romantic banters. Dueling letters. They're both writing at the same time, and, and they're having a discourse, but they're not really having a discourse. Yeah, just that kind of stuff. And we kind of switched what movie we were watching tonight last minute, but one of the things that we had intended to do was to play Hallmark Christmas movie bingo. Ah, Dickensian Christmas carols. Oh, that's right. That was Carolers. Yeah. So I just wanted to read some of the squares off of Hallmark Christmas movie bingo cards. And I would suggest to other male watchers of these that you might want to consider having a Hallmark Christmas movie bingo card because it might make these a little bit more fun. So here's some examples of squares on those. Someone else has a crush on the love interest, a crisis at work, eggnog, an actor from a TV series, kids that need help with something. Yeah, I had that. A big city boyfriend. Uh, kind of, yeah, the fake couple. From D.C.? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. A concerned parent or grandparent. Well, kind of. The parents that didn't want him to get married. And Air Marshal Cusacks reuniting with her son at the end. A tree lighting. We did not have one of those in this movie. Shopping for a Christmas tree. Uh, No, but they shop and buy Christmas ornaments. Yes. A family heirloom. We had a couple, actually. We had the necklace. We also had the rings. Yes. Talking about someone who is dead. My wife, Ruth. Yep. Mistletoe, ah. which, which we only actually had the holly. Holly, yeah. Sentimental gift, yeah, yeah. The rings. Main character welcomed home by old acquaintance, not really home, but on the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, a visit to a coffee shop, bakery, or restaurant. Ah, oh, well, we were we were ripped off. There were none of those. They do crash a wedding. Yeah. Someone reveals their dream job. His girlfriend wants to work for Max Powers. Ah, yes. A Christmas party. Yeah. We saw yeah. that. Love interest is a widow. Not the love interest, but we did have a widow, or a widower. Strolling through town. We had the, yeah, strolling through the train station. Chicago. Children in Christmas costumes. We had that. Baked goods. I don't recall baked goods. Nope. Telling a story about childhood. We had a few of those. Love interest kiss, of course. Mm-hmm. Driving down snowy roads. No. We snowy had the, train. We had the sleigh. We had the sleigh. The sleigh yeah. was, they worked that thing at the end. Someone is scheming. Yeah. Someone is wearing flannel. Pretty sure we saw flannel, yeah. but I'm not positive. The guy that had the, uh, the, the sleigh. He was wearing yeah. flannel. Yeah, so these are just some examples, but you get, you get the gist. These are common enough tropes. But this was intended, Nate, to represent a genre for us tonight. Mm-hmm. What do you make of this genre so far? It's really not my thing. I I've, just, I've watched I watched one with Monica Kenya last year because it was just like I want to watch one, and I watched like a Lifetime one from like two thousand six. I'm like that's fine. One a year does me. I think we actually picked the wrong one. I feel like we kind of did too, because I, when I think of these, it's got to be about saving something in a small town. There was no, there was no small town. There's no coffee shops. 
there weren't enough kids. This is kind of a little off the beaten track Hallmark Christmas movie. I have I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but we watched a couple from Netflix last year. And honestly, the Netflix ones were better than this. Mm. And the Netflix one that I've already watched this year, the Falling for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan, was better than this. Mm. Our two main characters are writers. They both like to talk to each other about how good writers one another is. Which you shouldn't do in this movie because it reminds the viewer how poorly written this is. This well, is... I was I was disappointed that I didn't like this more because I really like Kimberly Williams. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, and this just isn't. This is barely serviceable. This is bad. This is a bad movie. So it's cheesy and it's the dialogue's bad and it's just cliche ridden and it's not even really trying very hard. I don't necessarily mind it being cliche ridden if they're executed well. I just didn't feel like it was well executed in this particular instance. I mean, it had almost a dozen stories going on, and none of them really resonated. Yeah. Well, and that's in there. large part because they just don't matter. But Yeah. You know, yeah. This was written, or directed by Ron Oliver, who has made a bunch of these Christmas movies, including A Timeless Christmas, Housewives of the North Pole, Hotel for the Holidays, which is apparently one that's coming out later this year. Or this year. Christmas at the Plaza. Christmas Everlasting. Yeah, he's made a bunch of those. I would highly recommend look up Ron Oliver to see his picture on IMDb. It's pretty great. He kind of looks like uh, Dana Carvey in Masters of Disguise. He's the freaking turtle man from Masters of Disguise. This was written by a what I assume is a couple, uh, Neil Dabrowski and Tippi Dabrowski, who have, again, also done a bunch of these Christmas movies. Yes, better have written this on a train in which they rekindled their love for each other. Yeah. Just make it mega meta. So they've written written this, the, the Housewives of the North Pole, Love in Winterland, Right Before Christmas, Holiday in the Wild, which is one that was on Netflix and stars Kristen Davis and Rob and Lowe. Rob Lowe. Yeah. That's a Netflix one that was better than this. Mm-hmm. Some uh, quick trivia. Okay. Dermot Mul- Mulroney and Joan Cusack have appeared and guest starred on Shameless from 2011. Wow. The age gaps between the main actors that were involved were or are involved with each other are Dermot Mulroney is eight years older than Kimberly Williams Paisley and 16 years older than Holly Elisa, who played his actual girlfriend in this. Mm-hmm. This movie marks the third time Dermot Mulroney and Danny Glover have appeared together. Do oh, you know it? No. The other two. Angels in the Outfield from 1994 oh, okay, yeah. and Dirty Grandpa from 2016. Dirty Grandpa. This one might be a little bit of a stretch, but it says Max, which is Danny Glover's character, discusses being put on trains by his dad with Tom and then mentions having had a partner. Danny Glover played a serial killer that had been a railroad man in Switchback from 1997, and he is well known for being Mel Gibson's partner in the Lethal Weapon series. I really think Mel Gibson's presence would have added something to this. Something crazy. Because I kept hoping for somebody on this plane has got to be a killer, right? It's like, we, we need this complication. We need yeah. a murder on this express. Yeah. This has an aggregate score on IMDb of 6.4 stars. Nate, how would you rate this movie? One and a half stars, three on the ten star scale. Really? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. I would give this a four on the ten star scale. 
and probably a I don't know. To me, that's a one on the the four star scale, mm-hmm. but not great. Didn't particularly enjoy it. Again, there's better versions of this out there. You yeah. like the leads enough. The leads get you through it. Everything else, and and trying to figure out what the heck is going on with John Cusack. Those were the things that kind of kept what interest I had. But everything else was just silly recycle. This is a lazy movie. You mentioned there was only one filming location. They go all across the country. But that train is on a set. That's it's not that Im- on a set. What? It is the Pacific Central train station in Vancouver, British. Yeah, but they're calling it the Chicago train station. Oh, it's called P- Vancouver Pacific Central, but it's the Pacific Central station. Okay. So. But the train. But it is in Vancouver. But the train's not a train. It's the station. So they filmed it in the station. Yes. Obviously, there's multiple station scenes. It makes sense that they'd be filmed in Though the station. Though they show the same set of doors like six times. Mm-hmm. The, the train station doors. But yeah. the train, is that on a studio somewhere in Vancouver? Or is that there's some all, empty spots in the in Everything the was filmed in the station. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they filmed on an empty train in the station yard. Or if those were just rooms in the station. Mm-hmm. But that every time that they get off the train to go do something, that's the central courtyard of the station, just redecorated. Mm-hmm. Only one filming location, no studio filming. Because no. you can't switch locations if you're going to film fast and cheap. No. The Christmas train was lame. Yep. Don't see it. If there's nothing else, I'm Rob. I'm Nate. And this is Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. It's working now? Yeah. It's recording. I believe so. Indeed. I'm seeing waveforms. Now, am I leveled? (laughs) (laughs) Waving at the microphone doesn't create waveforms. Who'd have thunk it? Well, technically it does because it's, yeah, but they're not the ones that are being recorded at this particular moment in time. From the makers of the Hanukkah bus and the Kwanzaa ferry boat comes a Christmas train. The Christmas train. There's only one singular phenomenon. Dollar Store Polar Express. You've been sticking with that one for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Rob. I would be Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Watch a Chick Flick. Indeed. Brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> For Jackson Irish, yep, once again, it's 10 o'clock at night and Nate is yelling in my loft. <laughs> I really enjoyed that where the spoiler warning came in. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you spoil a Hallmark Christmas movie? You Have can, you, has there ever been a Hallmark Christmas movie that ended with a couple not together and people alone and sad and in pain or dead. Well, but that's not the point. Like the point is to spot the twist along the way. Mm-hmm. And so like the Max Powers, you know, that he's arranged to this whole thing, and that's the major plot twist. But you so you missed some of the warning signs. So remember when the the young couple, mm-hmm. he's at the bar and he's like, "I'm going to pay for the thing." And it's like, "Oh, you're an actor." Yeah, I, well, I mentioned that because it's like, what, you have an actor's go Yeah, I was in a commercial when I was a kid. I was pudding. I'm like, pudding? Pudding? 
Also, you only Why get are they to bringing keep up your the pudding? Card. Plus, you only get to keep your card if you act a certain amount. Uh-huh. And if you go a certain number of years without acting, you lose your card. And she, the, the girl, was saying, oh, my grandparents were married in the, on a train. My parents. My parents. I thought you said your grandparents. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. It's like, there's something that wasn't adding up. Fun. You got a uh, ad placement for us tonight? Brought to you by, by Amtrak. By Amtrak. <laughs> the, the Directors Guild of America Lazy Division. So, kind of one of the things I was trying to answer for myself in watching more of these types of movies this year mm-hmm. is, are they any less valid of a form of filmmaking? Yes. I kind of go back and forth, and I think I'm going to end up settling on some of them are, some of them aren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because some of them are okay. And, like, there is other crap movies that are pumped out that are every bit as bad if not exponentially worse and some of these are de- far more decent than some of the other crap that gets pumped out especially on some of the streaming services like that uh, Megan Fox one that I sent that sent you a review of a while okay, ago yeah. that one was just terrible like the, some of these are much better than that mm. so I don't know but ones like this no it's not it's not so I, I kind of wonder if it's not like Netflix versus Hallmark like yeah who's making it Oh. I, now I need, I guess I need to check a lifetime one off my list this I year. I don't know. 